Hey, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. It's episode 74, and today is Mule Tip Tuesday. Uh, we usually go live on Facebook, but we're hanging out here in Cave Creek, Arizona, and uh, in the trailer we just didn't have enough service to go live. And outside, we had a little bit better service, but it's really windy outside right now. So anyways, um, Sky and I are here, and we're going to report record a podcast for you guys and answer these questions and do our meal tip Tuesday just on the podcast. So anyways, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, as always, we love to hear your feedback. So uh, at the end of this podcast, if you liked what you had to, what you heard, and if you're enjoying these podcasts, we'd be very grateful if you would leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think. So anyways, Let's do it. Mule Tip Tuesday. Sky, you want to thank our awesome sponsors? Yes. Our first one is Mules and More Magazine. It's an awesome magazine. You can go to mulesandmore.com. And they're great. Corey Daniels runs it. And she's wonderful to work with. And it's a great magazine. So go check it out. Um, and also our second uh, sponsor is Boyd Ranch. Well, the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride. And you can find more information at boydranch.org. And our, we are having a clinic in conjunction with that mule ride. So um, that's just coming up in like two or three weeks. Two weeks from now. Two weeks. Yep. So Lisa Taka is our awesome host there. And we're looking forward to meeting Scott, who runs the whole thing this year. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So check it out. Yeah, it's going to be good. So very grateful for them. So today's tip... Um, is just a very simple one but it it's good this is gonna be good <laughs> well tell <Yeah>. us <laughs> what is it <laughs> so like i said very simple but fundamentals are easy to do and they're easy not to do they are very easy not to do <laughs> and this is something that um t this morning i was hanging out outside um early morning just beautiful day here in Arizona and uh, our wonderful host came out and was visiting and we were talking about in the clinics when we get um, or well how this came up was I was answering emails this morning and she was asking me about some of the questions I get and a lot of people have specific questions um, and you can hear some of them today in Meal Tip Tuesday but you know I need a better stop um, I need a better lead change. Uh, my mule won't cross water. My mule runs off. My horse bites me. My horse kicks me. My horse... And there's always a problem, right? And I have... I can give... I can... Well, Sky, you've heard me for I mean, many, many years now. I have answers for all these little things. Like, I can give... I can give these people a tip on that. But really and truly... If they would just go back to the beginning, go through the process, stick to the fundamentals, they'd be fine. Well, there's something lacking. Yeah. It, there's always a hole in the training. And so just going back is, that's 100% a fix. Always going back and getting things right, that works 100% of the time. Like I said, I have lots of little tips and fixes and, you know, there's little things you can do. But those are not... The majority, those are, yeah. the majority of the answer to a lot of those questions that are so different are actually the same answer. 
Yes. We could almost copy and paste. Mm -hmm. One of these uh, folks that was that uh, on Meal Tip Tuesday today, um, or that has a question for me today, she has sent in her email that she had watched almost all of the videos in our video library, which I emailed back and said, wow, that is incredible. That's a lot. There's a lot of hours on there. We have, we're, we're near, what, 175-something videos, and that's a lot of content. So she's, I feel bad she's watched she is, me that much. Yeah, <laughs> like, she is up to date. <laughs> but her question, and you're going to see this coming up, um, I answer it a thousand times in those videos. But she's wanting to see it with a specific meal. Her question coming up here is about a bracy meal. But I answer it a thousand times in, in many of them videos with, with different meals. But in different situations. In different situations. But a lot of times it's hard for folks to see it unless it's, well, sometimes their own animal. Like, they don't get it unless they see it with their own sometimes. Well, it's hard to apply it. Or maybe they don't see how to apply it to their situation. seems more unique than yeah. maybe it. Yep. Yep. So they, I mean... We made a video on trailer loading, right? And that video, if you guys haven't watched that, go to our video library on tsmeals.com and at least do the free subscription so that you can see the trailer loading video. Because, <laughs> I mean, I get my butt kicked we in got, the first half of that. We got exactly what we needed for that video. I, was the, <laughs> I, I got my butt kicked in the first half. However, you're right. It, it was the perfect meal. It was the perfect meal to just prove my point and I was so happy while I was getting my butt kicked in that video because <laughs> I thought the whole time I'm thinking this is great this is great this is what people need to see because it had nothing to do with the stinking trailer did it nothing to do with the stinking trailer everything to do with that mule's ability to lead and the quality of the groundwork which was not quality right um I just was so happy about that <laughs> while I'm getting while I'm getting drug around and and pulled around and um, dripping sweat. Well, our problem for that and why it took us so long to make a trailer loading video is because the ones that have the trailer loading issues can't load to come to us where we can film them. Yeah, and it's not like I can load up and well, I don't want to load up and fly all over the world to well to film. It's not it's our too videographer. A videographer, yep. You know. It's not us filming, so on yep. that one. But we had three set up, and only one actually could make it. So we thought, oh, man, I hope this is going to be yeah, what we, we need. Yeah, and we it booked, was. Yeah, we booked three, hoping that, well, probably they won't be able to load. Maybe, <laughs> so, maybe one of the... But in that video, she talks about how she got that, that mule in the trailer, and it's not very pretty. But I'm glad... Well, she knew it. She, she said, I just had to get here. Yep. You know? She was very transparent. And she's, she's a good friend of ours. She's a good friend of ours. She's doing better. But my point, well, to round this back, is fundamentals. Fundamentals, the basics. There's a saying um, that I just really, really enjoy, and it's so true. But beginners are always wanting to take intermediate classes. Intermediates are always wanting to take advanced classes. But advanced folks are always working on the beginning and the basics and that's what I'm trying to talk about here is these fundamentals this checklist that we teach in the clinics this this process that we teach see in our clinics we don't teach a, a method so no bet nobody can go say hey I use the Ty Evans method <laughs> because that's 
there's no such thing as a Tyvin's method. But we have a process that we share and that I hope people take. If they get anything from my clinics, I hope it's the process and the fundamentals. And trusting the process. Yeah, and trust them. Like, and you really got to work at it, you know. And so that's my message today is, you know, the fundamentals are super easy to do. It doesn't take you much. Um, and I wish, you know, as you guys climb that checklist, you always, maybe, you know, some of you that are listening that are very advanced, um, you know, you work up through your advancements. But I like to end every session with just basic fundamentals. And also about them being uh, easy, easy not to do um, is, you know, you're like, oh, well, I've already done that. I've already worked on that. I'm past that. And and that's something that um, I've learned that I don't say anymore is that I'm past that because I'm I'm not. I'm not past that. And that's super impor important to just to prove that point is that we always need to be working on the basics, always working on the fundamentals. So anyways, that's my tip for today. Okay, so let me know what you guys think of that um, that tip for today. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get to these questions today. We got uh, three or four good questions. We'll see what we can get to. First one comes from Maggie. How do you say this last name? Mayor? Mayor, maybe? Maggie Mayer. And this is who I was talking about. She's the one that said she's watched every video in the video library. That's a lot. A lot of watching, Maggie. She's, so she's good for you. Homework. You're, you're doing good. I'm glad you're watching. Um, but you're going to see after this that the answers are there. You just have to kind of see it in a little different way. So anyways, so Maggie says um, her mule, Daisy, is very bracy in the neck. This is our first red flag, okay? She's bracy in the neck, so keep track of that. Um, she's wanting to know what to do and will she ever get flexible like a younger mule that has not been bracing for 14 years. This mule is 14 years old. So first thing, Maggie, why I said the red flag with bracing in the neck is, you know, before you can fix any problem or address any problem, you know, the, the solutions don't matter if they don't help the cause. So you got to get, you got to get to the root of all of this. Um, you know, a mule definitely can be bracing in the neck. We hear things like hard mouth. We hear things like, like hard neck, bracing neck, whatever. Um, but but it's important to you got to get to the root, and those are not the roots. They can't be bracing in the neck without be bra being bracing in the feet. Um, Usually, if you find a brace that seems like it's in their mouth, in their neck, or somewhere up there, if you look at the feet, you'll see one of them's dragging. You know, yep. it's like going to draw a line in the sand because they're not picking it up. They're so stuck on it. Most people are just riding from the withers forward. They don't ride what's under them. Everybody's always riding the withers, the neck, leading, the head. Too. Yeah, they're leading the face. It's amazing what people will do to a mule's face to get it to lead, right? <laughs> we see Sky and I, not so much anymore. It's changing. People are at least doing a little research before they come to the clinics and stuff, but... We used to see some crazy stuff, huh? Yep. People show up with chains and, um, you know, ropes pinching their noses and all sorts of crude things. But it's getting better. So anyways, my point is here 
is Maggie, the neck is not the problem, it's the feet. So here's here's how we fix this, okay? Um, first you identify the problem. So yeah, it's not the neck, it's the feet. There's there's some feet that are bracy there. So that's where we'll start. We will start by working with the feet a little bit and seeing what we can do. For example, say I, I'm doing the groundwork right and the mule's very rigid going in a circle. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna time up with the inside hind leg, the inside hind leg as it's leaving the ground. And as it's leaving the ground, I'm gonna kind of bump that lead rope to tip that nose in because if she's saying the, the neck is bracy, imagine that this mule is rigid. So I'll bump that nose in, and at the same time, I'll kind of drive that hip a little bit. And you know this mule, so. Yeah, so this is Daisy. I've seen this mule in clinics for... Like four or five years? Four or five years, and I've seen the progress of it and the ups and downs of it. So that timing is crucial, Maggie. you got to get the timing right. You got to get the timing right. It has everything to do with those feet. So, so that's how I'm going to loosen the feet up, okay? Because, like I said, if we, we know the the neck is bracy, that means the feet are bracy. They, the mule can't brace in the neck without having that brace down to the feet, okay? The other thing I'm going to do here, and this is this is the most important part, Maggie. This is the part you have to work for, you have to focus on, is loosening up the mind. What's in it for Daisy if she's not rigid? Why should why should she soften up for you, right, Sky? What why 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 should the mule do that? You know, if there's no if there's nothing in it for the mule, they don't know that there is. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, if they don't know there's anything in it for them, why are they gonna do it? Mules are very simple creatures, very simple creatures. And I know a lot of people want to dress up the complexities of it, but they're simple. They they will. It's all about comfort and discomfort. They don't like discomfort. They love to be comfortable. So make them comfortable. How can this mule be more comfortable? When they're bracing, they're protecting themselves. So what is she protecting herself against or from? Um, so you got to soften that mind. How do you soften the mind, Sky? How do you how do you get one willing? Well, we ask simple questions, right? And we give big rewards. Giving them more chances to think and... Come up with an answer. Yeah. You know, letting them, letting them try. Yep. Step one of the groundwork, clearing the front. Super simple step. So often overlooked, right? Step one, clearing the front. The most important part of that is the loose rein. And how hard is it every week when we do the foundation <laughs> classes for folks to give them a chance with a loose rein? Everybody wants to pull them. They'll pop them right on the nose yeah. without even knowing it. Yep, yeah, they don't realize it, but they, they pull on the mule right off, puts them on a brace. You're going to see this whole, this this goes through your entire work all, all the way to your advanced riding. If you guys have to make contact with those reins, you're going to have brace there. So Maggie, I'd be paying attention to that. So loosen the feet up, have timing, loosen up the mind. All the yeah. little details make a big difference. Yep. All the way from the ground, all the way to the riding, and everything in between. So that's a good question. Thank you, Maggie. Appreciate you answering that. Let me know what you think. Asking um, that. She asked it, not answered it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I answered it. You he asked appreciates, it. He appreciates uh, himself answering. I appreciate me answering this. <laughs> sorry. Um, 
Yeah, thank you, Maggie. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Leave us a review, and I'd be grateful. So our next question comes from Mark Herschel. Am I saying that last name right? Mm -hmm. You're my name expert. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just guess. <laughs> you just know how to read better than me. Mark Herschel. So this is a really interesting question, and this question fascinates me. Um, but he, Mark says, hey, Ty, can you talk about mules chewing and yawning? What is the real meaning behind this? I get confused because my mule will lick and chew, yet at the same time he swishes his tail. So he's he's wanting to know what this whole thing means. So let's talk First about... First of all, that okay, is a go. great observation. That is a really good observation. Most people wouldn't notice that. Yeah. You're you right. Know, they might see one or the other, but maybe not notice they're at the same time or maybe not yep. see them at all. So that is really great to even be watching for those things. Oh, yeah. So, Mark, let's talk about what ha where where does the the licking, chewing, the yawning come from? Okay. So, when you're working with your mule, whether you know it or not, before they lick, before they chew, before they yawn, before that, they are aroused by some level of stress or anxiety. Okay. And it's basically you, you kind of dip in to the sympathetic nervous system. And this is, um, this is like the flight or fight or fight. This is, this is the flight or fight and also the freeze. Um, and, uh, it, it's not bad to go into a little of that. In fact, to learn and for these animals to progress and find their way to doing what we want them to do, they need a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And this is the hard part of, just mixing it up just right to, to get this right okay when you when you get into this little bit of stress and your question it could be anything it could be asking the mule to roll the hinds it could be asking the mule to stand still to get on it could be asking the mule to saddle it, it could be catching the mule um, or, or any anything thereof whatever might stress them a little bit okay when you when they're coming off of that, when they're coming on the downhill slope of that stress, you're putting them in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest um, frame of mind, basically. So you're, you're teetering between these two um, ways of feeling, basically. Okay. Anyways, so they come off this. So, so just because the mule licks or chews, that doesn't necessarily make it good or bad or that doesn't necessarily tell you that they understand for sure it, it is an indicator absolutely um but it doesn't tell you for sure that oh they get it it doesn't always equal one specific thing no and you know i've seen a lot of mules and horses buck somebody off run off with somebody drag them and then lick and chew well even these mules that bolt you know oh yeah they'll get away as soon as they get away they're gonna lick and chew because they they're coming down from the stress yeah what you know a bolting mule a bolting horse so this last weekend in sayurita we had <laughs> dally <laughs> skylas dally I'm ratting me out <laughs> skylas dally um you know uh julie lost her mule annie and then on the last day uh uh, Bonnie lost her horse. Um, so every one of them, after they ran off and kind of went somewhere, um, they licked and chewed. 
right? Because they, they were coming off the stress. Whatever it was that caused them to flee, which put them in that sympathetic nervous system, that's what caused them to flee. That's what pushed them. They said, I got to go. And that's how God made them. That's nature, right? I got to go. I got to protect myself. There's something better. They get away, and then they go to this parasympathetic side, and they feel better. So just know, Mark, that just because they're licking or chewing doesn't mean that they understand. It It just means they're coming down from the stress. It's basically the transition zone. Now, the reason they lick and chew is actually connected to a chemical called dopamine. I'm going into this detail. Sky came in here while I was... Um, Double-checking double my own knowledge and my own research. Because this is a deep question, Mark. Because he says he wants to know the real meaning, so I'm going in a little deeper. Well, this is the stuff I think is super interesting. This, Yeah. So, dopamine, Mark, this chemical, along with endorphins, is, is released when they go into the parasympathetic. Um, and when they're coming off of the sympathetic, when they're when they're coming off of the stress basically and they're feeling basically a release from the pressure a release from the stress the anxiety that chemical actually causes them to salivate which then triggers the licking and chewing they have more saliva in their mouth so that's where they lick and chew that's why they work their mouths that's what actually causes it that's the that's the real that's how it really works there so, anyways, once you kind of have that idea, um, so he says his meal swishes its tail at the same time. Well, the tail can be an indicator for a couple things, Mark. It could be an indicator for stress, which is the most likely. Uh, the tail is also an indicator of thought, of, of deep thinking, of a little bit of arousal, Concent concentration, concentration. A, a little bit of the sympathetic nervous system. So they get into that a little stress. For example, like we were working cattle a few days ago, right? Down in Sayurita, we were playing with cattle. And you'd get cupcake out there, <laughs> your mule, and she'd swish her tail. Her tail would whine like um, an airplane or like a Yeah, she, she, and she was a little worried. She's a little stressed about it. But was she, like, upset? Like, you know, I'm not going to make it? Or was she irritated? No. She, she felt it, it was, like she was trying to concentrate on what I was asking yes. of her. Because she wasn't bothered by the cows, but I was asking her to move particularly. Yeah, so when she comes off of this stress, she's got a little bit of those thoughts running through like, oh, all right, what do we want to do here with these, these darn cows? <laughs> you and know? she wants to please, so she's trying she to does. figure me out. So she can lick and chew and swish her tail at the same time. <laughs> That's kind of what's going on with Mark's meal here. So, you know, Mark, the, the moral of the story here is I do want them licking and chewing, and you can you can actually kind of teach, you can teach them to reset. You can teach them to feel good. You know that's why I, I was just talking like with Maggie's meal. Ask small ask small questions, give big rewards. You teach them. It's basically almost a learned response to get comfortable, and I want them to feel that way around me. Well, it's kind of like our dally. If you're watching the dally diaries. She's opposite of Daisy, where she's not, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe she's bracy, but she, in some areas, but she's more on the reactive side, so Ty does the same thing where, you know, the yep. smaller, what did you call it? 
smaller ask, ask small reward big and the bigger rewards and she her her looking and chewing is like almost instant like yep. she's so it just hits so fast and it's getting better yeah better 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 so that's a good question mark i hope that makes sense i know that gets a little deep you know um if you guys are interested in some of the brain stuff and how all these things work i highly suggest you look up uh, dr stephen peters and there's a book called Evidence-Based Horsemanship. And uh, Dr. Peters is amazing. Uh, very, very intelligent. And um, there's a lot of good stuff you can learn from him. He, he puts science to all these processes of training and how we do things here. He, he can back it up with science. And it's, it's pretty neat. So anyways, I highly recommend him. That's where I learned about these things. Say it one more time for him. Um, evidence-based horsemanship, or they could just press rewind on the podcast. You know? <laughs> There's like a little little button that says back thirty back seconds. Ten seconds. Yeah. So, okay. Good question, Mark. Thank <laughs> you. Let me know what you think of that. Leave leave me a review and uh, let me know. Okay. I forget we're not on a Mule Tip Tuesday yeah. live. You know, like yeah, normal. we're not. <laughs> I on know live. on those that people are gonna comment and say, "You say it one more time." <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Next question comes from Judy Doomer Myth. Moose. <laughs> I don't know. He's terrible at I'm this. I'm so bad. You know, where's all the like, just, like you just, Smiths? You just guess. Smiths. And or if Jones it's wrong, it's fine. You just don't make okay. it a big deal. Well, I feel bad. You know how I am about names. Yep. So, okay. So, um, she sent me an email the other day, and long story short, she's got a couple of mules, and they both stop with their heads way up in the air. She wants to know if I have any tips. She says she's been, uh, you know, follow the last year she did our Everyday Mulemanship Challenge. And if you guys don't know what that is, it's on our video library, the whole series, all year long. You can find all those on the video library, tsmules.com. But she says she's been following this. And she says, well, obviously I've missed something because your mules don't stop that way, but mine are. So what's going on? Um, so here's, Judy, here's what I'm going to be working on to get quality stops. And this is another one of those things, Sky, we was talking about earlier about a question. You know, hey, how do I get my meal stopping better? Where, if you go back, it's just go go back to the beginning. If you want a really good stop, you guys, get it good on the ground. I see this question. Get it good laterally. Probably every day on Facebook. From yes. Different groups of people asking and kind of scary seeing some of the answers. Oh, my gosh. People are so quick. Well, put a bicycle chain through their mouth, they'll say. Or, you know, hurt them. Everybody wants to just, everybody wants to train with, with pain. pain like it's so common it's just ridiculous and uh, you know i'm not i'm not opposed to putting a little pressure on a mule you know no doubt um you know uh i use my legs use my seat i'll use my reins well you use it you'll use it as needed as needed is a key word but i think people phrase. forget to teach the stop yeah they just try to cause a reaction to stop yep and i want them to respond and not react so this is the stops. This is the process. Number one, we've mentioned this a couple times, but it's amazing how step one on the groundwork. Step one, clearing the front and getting a stop. Right there, right in the beginning. You clear the front, you quit. You teach the mule, Judy, when you quit, they quit. Zero pressure. And so say you, you clear the front and you're going around and they don't stop. Well, you just go some more. And you get them ready to stop. You get them ready to stop. That's such a key thing. And um, 
I remember Brad Cameron answering a question to uh, to to a stop. Somebody you know somebody asking him about stopping, and he says, "Well, are they ready to stop? Like just simple such as that. A, such a simple question. Like, are they help. ready? Uh. Well, I guess obviously not. You know, <laughs> um, but seriously, get them ready to stop. You do that on the groundwork. You know, if you guys can't stop them on the ground, sending them and stopping them, sending them and stop. And I see a lot of people just leading them forward. That they never even do any other groundwork pieces, but they just walking with that mule on their side. They can't stop them without jerking their heads off. Like simply leading them from the pasture to the barn, they can't stop them. So if you guys can't stop them on the ground, I don't know why. I don't know why I think I could get it done in the saddle if I can't get it done on the ground. With, you know, that's where that's where the people come in with the pain. So they'll. They can't get it done. They don't know how to teach it, so they're going to make it happen. They're going to use some contraption on their face. They're going to get a combination bit with a nose pincher, and well, they're they going to. They don't know any better. Yeah, they don't the know any better. They just, but that's how what what the neighbor said to do. Exactly. Or that's what the other trainer said to do. Um, but in this style of horsemanship and mulemanship, you guys, we like to teach. I really want to teach. I want the mule to learn. Well, and her saying that. So. Judy's saying that the mule's head goes up in the air. That tells us that she's pulling with two reins yep. and having to pull. Because, you know, if you just stop with your... If you're able to stop with your seat and not have to pull on the reins, they're not going to just put their head up by themselves. Um, so I would say... Yep. You say that they're not ready to stop with two reins? Yeah, they're not ready to stop with two reins. And when they are stopping, if their head goes up, that tells you their forehand goes down too. So... You know, I've learned, um, and this is heavy on the front end, heavy on the front end. I've learned that if I can, the better I can move a foot, the better I can stop a foot. So, you know, this head goes up, front end goes down. I guarantee it. Right. We've seen that a hundred times. Well, have to. Yep. So, um, you know, how, how, how well does this meal roll the hind roll the front? is what I'd like to ask. How, how well does can this mule get on the haunches and turn around? You know, mules that have a hard time doing turnarounds, which are many, and horses, if they can't get on the haunches and get light on the forehand, they often have a hard time stopping. So from the groundwork, we go into the lateral work, meaning move one foot at a time laterally, side to side. So take a front end to the left, front end to the right. Take a hind quarters to the left, hind quarters to the right. That's the next step of getting good movement. Hey, move one foot and then quit. I shouldn't have to like... So what I'm trying to say, Sky, is I shouldn't have to move one hind foot and then pull on the reins to stop that foot from moving. Does that make sense? I want to move... Of course it makes sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, I guess I'm talking to you guys. Does that make sense? <laughs> one foot. Right hind foot. Move the right hind foot over and in front of the left hind foot. And then... That left hind foot steps out and then stop. Are you having to pull on the reins to quit that move? If you are, that's not that's not a real stop. That's a block. You're just blocking them. I want to be able to just quit. You're causing them to have to stop rather yep. than letting them. And and it's you know I was just talking about this same thing with stopping with Ellie because we were out in the arena just before this and. She was riding Tina bareback just with a halter. You know, I was walking alongside of her, and she said, well, how do I stop without, you know, the saddle and the reins? And I said, well, you should stop the same way you stop with the saddle and the reins, you mm -hmm. know. 
But her problem was that Tina is so tuned out, you know, she's just used to the girls being silly. She She's a perfect kid's mule because she ignores body language, <laughs> you know. So if the kids are doing something silly or hanging off the side or leaning this way or that, she kind of tunes that out because she kind of has had to get used to that. Where, you know, maybe riding Riata Ty's mule, she's going to be more sensitive to that body language. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is hard in the beginning because your mule isn't going to understand that yet, possibly, right? Yep. You're going to have to teach that. All these things need to be taught. And that's the, I guess that's one of the things that we're trying to help the mule with. They can do all these moves by themselves. We're trying to teach what we mean when we ask those questions. That's what we're trying to teach. So it's really all about us helping them learn what we are looking for. So you got to take it easy on the, the animals. They can stop just fine without you. It's just that communication. So, Judy, I'm starting on the ground. I'm getting that groundwork dialed in where I can send them, stop them, without blocking them. I'm moving into the saddle. And, um, you know, something else I've noticed with most mules that have a hard time stopping is most mules that have a, have a poor stop in the saddle often don't stand still to be saddled. Or to mount. They don't stand still to be bridled mm -hmm. or to mount. And they don't wait for you. So there's all those little things building up. They're a little wiggly. That I'd be checking on. Yep. In different areas. Um, so in the saddle, I'm working on lateral work. Can I move the hinds and, and quit moving it? So it's just simple stuff. It's a simple question. Can I move the hindquarters and stop without having to block them? Okay. There's, we teach four methods of moving the hindquarters. If you're not familiar with the four methods of moving the hindquarters, you can find those on our video library. Um, but four methods of moving the hindquarters, pretty simple, one step at a time. So also, I want to add, Judy, if you think about, you know, you've been, you watched and followed the uh, the challenge last year, mm -hmm. where Ty worked up the check the checklist, excuse me, and uh, if you look at the checklist in order. Like, how many steps down does a stop come in? Way down. Like, in like, just in the saddle, for example, the checklist. Yeah, I'm we'll talking go, in the saddle. Yeah, so stand still to mount, lateral flexion, centered circles, roll the hind, return to the circle, roll the hind, roll the front. And the one rein stop in there somewhere? The lateral stop. The lateral yep. stop, you one said, yeah. stop. Sorry. So, you know, it, it's way down that list. Then we get into the soft feel, and the stops are come with that, so... So all the the lateral stuff yeah. leading up to that is part of teaching the stop. Speaking of the lateral stops, this is the next part. I teach my mules to stop one side at a time. And that is, in the clinics, it's amazing. That is so confusing to folks, isn't it? <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Stop one side at a time? Yeah, just stop on one side. What? But <laughs> like, why? Like, like, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean to, one to them, side? But... There's one mule. You just want to stop the one yep. whole, the mule as a whole, you know? Yep. But, and that's that was the other thing about the stops, too, is people think about the whole mule. I focus on individual parts. Because, you know, you notice if you stop the left front foot, um, the rest of the body has a hard time going. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a little easier to focus on a foot than it is the whole thing. So the lateral stops on each side are big help. Teach that. And, you know, when you do your lateral stops, the first half of that lateral stop is going. Remember, you have to move a foot to be able to stop that foot. So you move the foot, you quit asking it to move, and you sit down just like you're doing a flat stop and let them find it. 
See, all this comes so that I, you know, my goal is to never pick up on two reins to stop a mule. I don't want to pick up on two reins to stop a mule. And for a lot of folks, they're like, wow, that's what we've always, that's how we do it. That's, you know, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, even teaching our girls, you pull back, pull back. to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't want to have to pull back to stop. When I pick up on my reins, you know, and, and it's just like that old saying, you know, you'll never know how to finish a horse until you've started one. And you'll never ha know how to start one until you've finished one. And now that I've had the opportunity to ride some more advanced critters, I know what I'm looking for. And most of most of the people I've learned may never get that chance to ride something finished. Well, so, you know, with quotes. Um, but, you know, picking up on two reins has one meaning in an, in an advanced setting. In a bridle mule, picking up on two reins has one meaning. What is it, Sky? You're on the spot. What? What's picking up on two reins? What does that mean? A soft feel. Yeah, soft feel and collection. <laughs> I don't like being on the scared. spot. Well, it's just you. I'm I don't have anybody live to talk to. So it's just you. <laughs> but something about being on the spot makes me but, not know anything. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, collection. That's it. That is the purpose of two reins. That is what it's for. That's really what it's for. In the long game, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. and I'm I'm trying to play the long game nowadays rather than, you know, Sky and I. Most of of our careers, Sky and I has been, um, starting cults. That's what me yep. and Sky have done since we've been married is start cults, and um, now doing the clinics, it's given me a little bit more freedom to work my own, and I make them. It actually advance because every mm -hmm. time we get something going decent we either sell it, it or the kids take it or send it home when we're straight oh, for the yeah. public yeah you know it's a, okay here here's your meal for it's, it's mine for 60 90 days you know so you just kind of get it going and then move it on you don't get a lot done in that time no so now i'm playing the long game i'm thinking about how i want this to turn out way down the line and so well it's not to say that we don't ever have to pull on two reins more than maybe we would like Right? Yeah, so for example, if I if I pick up a soft, see, by the time, let's take Riata, for example, my big red mule. Big. So how I how I stop her is, if I'm if I'm stopping with both reins, that is, I pick up a soft feel first, and I'm actually driving her into that soft feel with my legs. So she's moving, and then I simply stop driving with my legs, and I sit down. That's my stop. So she's already collected she's ready with the reins she's ready it, i did not pull back more on the reins but let's say she has a hard time finding it then i'll sit down a little harder and i'll, I'll pull back a little bit more on the reins in as that, needed yeah as needed in that scenario but i've already picked up a soft feel so for the most part it's a it's pretty decent anyways the, that's a subject for in a clinic setting but go ahead well i lost it now oh sorry <laughs> it's okay. you know the other the other tip i'll give you um, and that kind of goes with what I was just saying. Pick up that soft feel to the stop, but you got to be ready for that soft feel. And I don't pick up a soft feel at the transition until I can ride on course on a loose rein at that transition. So, for example, I'm not going to pick up on both reins at all at the walk until they can ride on course on a loose rein at the walk. Same thing at the trot and the lope. So, if I can't pick up a soft feel at the trot, that means. I'm unable to ride on course on loose rein at the trot. Therefore, I have no, um, basically, I have no right to even pick up on both reins for my stop at a trot. 
So I want to simplify this for her a little bit, some instruction. So for today, like if she says, okay, I listen to this podcast, I'm having this problem today, what's she going to go out and do on this day to work on that? So she's going to work on her groundwork. Okay, we're going to get that tuned in a little bit And it's going to get decent. So she's not going to move on until it's decent because she shouldn't be moving on until it's decent anyways. Okay. We're going to get in the saddle. We're going to do our lateral work. And if our lateral work does not go through, we don't move on to two reins. Simple as that. And I don't care if the mule has been ridden for, for 10 years or for 10 days. It doesn't matter. i got to oh. get the lateral stuff going well before I can pick up on both reins. Okay, so what if she's on the trail and she's having this issue? Lateral work. So when you're on the trail, you can still do all these things. It's all so if you're you're having trouble stopping on the trail, you just do your lateral work. And it's like Ty said too, getting them ready to stop is such a key thing because then they're a little more tuned in rather than when they're, you know, still feeling pretty fresh and, <laughs> yeah. you know, ready to go. This is a mindset because it's, it's really hard mentally for the human to let go and let the mule learn. It's the same thing with parents and kids, huh? Like it was like today. We I don't went, know what you're talking about. Let's talk about today. We went. We Ellie, you know, she's the only kid I've ever known that wears boots out in six months. She just beats her boots up. And, oh, and they're bad. And she doesn't even tell me. No, she and tell her, I just toes noticed. Are out. Yeah, I just happened to notice that there's barely anything left. So we go down to to get her a pair of boots today. And um, Sky was a little stressed. <laughs> You were a little... I was a little in a hurry because... You you were a little in a hurry, but you thought I was in a hurry, but I wasn't. So so this is how we set this up, okay? So Sky's wanting Ellie to choose. Like, come on, pick a boot, let's go. I'm let's ready. Go. Let's go. Well, okay, hold on. It's been like three hours. <laughs> Just kidding. It was not like three hours. 15 it was minutes. Like, it was like 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. Sky is wanting to... I'm ready for her to she's choose. She's like, come on, choose. And I'm like, okay, Sky. <laughs> And, and I and I let Sky go over because Sky needed a new set of boots too, so I I just stayed with Ellie, and I said, okay, Ellie, what what are your two favorite ones? So she took she showed me her two favorites, and I said, okay, you go ahead and choose, and um, she was stressed for a minute, and I just I just sat there, I didn't say a thing, I just let her choose, and um, took her about three minutes, and uh, she chose, and you know, but. Giving her that three minutes, that was a long three minutes. <laughs> For right? you? Because I'm like, oh my God. In my mind, <laughs> I'm thinking, is. come on, kid. It's just like, and, well, it, and well, it's me. I ordered the same boots for the last yes. 15 years of my life. Me I just too. I just order the same exact boots. I don't change a thing. I'm very simple. Well, Anyways, so it. I usually order them online for them, so she doesn't usually have this problem. But it was hard mentally yep. to just sit back and let her make the choice. And it's the same thing with the mules. You know, getting them ready to stop is sitting back and letting them find it, getting them ready. And it's so hard for people to let go. But anyways, Judy, that's a good question. We're going to move on here. And But um, hey, let me know what you think about that. Please leave me a review on this podcast and, and, and uh, I can't let me know what you think. I can't remember. So she was signed up for St. Croix the last time we were there in okay. Wisconsin. And I can't remember what happened, but she, she was only able to come and spectate. She couldn't bring her mule. Yep. And so I was trying to remember if she signed up. But if you're not, we're coming this year. Yeah, we're coming back to so St. Croix. I'm pretty sure she is. But. Okay, last question for today's Mule Tip Tuesday in this podcast comes from 
Karen Heatwell. Um, she's asking if I have a good hint for keeping her three-year-old mules at uh, attention during groundwork. Um, and she says that uh, the mule gets distracted when a fox or something comes by. So there's a little story there because it's I would too. <laughs> specific about a fox. So anyways, um, I wonder what went on there. But Karen, good question. You know, a three-year-old is just a baby. And they want to see the world. They're going to see the world. They're going to notice the world. And, you know, the main thing is, if you want your meal to be interested in you, just be more interesting. <laughs> and it goes back to some of the tips we've already given. You know, getting that meal kind of hooked on to you is a big part. Um, Karen, if you're not familiar with the hooking on, on our video library, we have a few segments on there about hooking on. And you can watch how that works. But getting them hooked on to you to where they're interested in you is a big part of that. You know, doing the groundwork, getting them thinking about you. Um, and, and don't worry when they do get a little distracted. So say you're doing your groundwork and then all of a sudden this this uh, fox <laughs> does come by. Well, you're really going to look at it, but you probably look at it too. Um, but if I don't want the mule to really look at it or notice it, I'm not going to notice it much. And I'm going to just maybe just bump their nose back. Maybe they're looking over there to the left. I'll just kind of bump it back to the right. It's no big deal. No big deal. I don't get after them. And I just go on with my same questions. Um, because before they got distracted, I was asking a specific question. So whatever that was, I'm going to address it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to keep fixing it up to get that answer. So keep it simple, Karen. I think it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you talk... You talk about having soft eyes versus hard eyes. Like, I yep. think when when a mule gets like kind of riled up like that, like maybe you know, I can just picture this mule's head just up in the air as yep. far as head it can goes go up, to see that fox. Ears, ears forward. You know, and maybe it's turning away from her, trying to look out. Of, you know, maybe outside the circle or whatever. And people get so focused in on the mule's uh, reaction that then they have lost what they're actually working on. They forget the question. You know what I'm saying? Like they get two hard focused eyes on the wrong thing. So you kind of soften up and just stay on task. Yep. Until they're, they come back down to earth again. Maybe they're working on a circle or something on the ground. Mule looks out and then they just get to smacking on the mules with on the lead rope or something. You know, they don't think about that circle. I'm just going to continue focusing on my circle because that was my question. And I, I want my mules to know that, hey, I'm going to stick to the question no matter what the distractions are. So, Well, and for me, sometimes it helps for me to say it because then I feel like I can actually put it out into the mule's brain. Not that they understand my words, yep. but then my intention comes out a little bit easier when I'm saying, hey, I see that fox. It's not a big deal. Like, let's keep going here. And like, you know. Yep. Because it's more, it's about your intention there. Don't put your, don't put your attention over where you're trying not to have their attention. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes a little sense. A little, <laughs> just a tad. Well, these are some good questions today, folks. Hey, thank you for sending these in. If you have a question for Mule Tip Tuesday, you can email your question to ty at tsmules.com. Please put in the subject question for Mule Tip Tuesday. So when we sort through these emails, we can uh, get to these. And we'll try to um, get you on the show here and uh, get your question on the show. So, hey, thanks for listening. If you guys could all do me a favor, I would be so grateful. Sky and I would be very grateful if you would 
Leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. Sky definitely deserves it, but I'm <laughs> questionable. Um, but leave a five-star review and and Just leave a put comment. put in the description, say this five-star is for Sky. for Sky specifically. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd love to hear from you, um, and it helps us get this podcast out. And hey, please hit the share button. Share this with your friends if you thought it was worthwhile, if you learned something. Maybe you got a friend that could... Uh, could get some help from these and be sure to check the library of these podcasts we've got a lot of topics we've covered the last um you know 74 episodes well there are a lot too and if you scroll you can see some of there's a lot of meal tip tuesdays because obviously we do that every week mm -hmm. but there are a lot of really fun interviews with other people and different subjects so make sure you're looking at those as well and don't think they're all just meal tip tuesday yep okay hey thanks for listening god bless and we will see you next time